Welcome to FEPS Talks, a podcast series of the Foundation for European Progressive Studies. Find out more about us on feps-europe.eu. Hi, and welcome to today's FEPS Talks. As the whole of Europe is still facing major challenges trying to struggle with the coronavirus pandemic, and as the general lockdown is still very fresh in people's minds, we're going to focus on an issue which gained a lot of visibility thanks to people's realization of its vital role for the running of society. And that is exactly the topic of care. More precisely, we will be looking at care work and care jobs. My name is Leticia Thyssen. I'm FEPS Gender Quality Policy Advisor, and I'm delighted to be joined here today by Marie Huponen from Sweden. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Super nice to be here. So together, uh, we will be discussing the intersections between care, what we also call the care economy, with inequalities, precariousness, and the value we place on this type of work, now undeniably classified as essential work. Uh, This will also be an opportunity uh, to exchange and react to the brand new FEPS uh, report that we launched in partnership with TASC, uh, the uh, Irish-based think tank for action on social change, on 14 October 2020, uh, entitled Cherishing All Equally, Inequality and the Care Economy, authored by Robert Sweeney and, of course, available on FEB's website. But perhaps to start on a more general note, Marie, as a public health scientist and expert at Kommunal yourself, so the, the Swedish uh, Municipal Workers' Union, which is also the largest trade union in, uh, in the country, you've been focusing on healthcare issues substantially. So what is it that draws you to the topic of care, be it in your professional work as well as personally? Um, I just think care and care work is a super interesting topic. It's, uh, I think my background pretty much is the reason why I think so. I grew up as a daughter of a school nurse. So I see, I growing up, I saw this, how much the politics and the financing of care, what kind of an impact it has on the lives of, life of my mother, who is a school nurse, and the lives of those who get care, like the children who uh, were pupils at her school. It's a super interesting, super political question. Also a really important feminist question. And uh, like this combination of being a public health scientist, a researcher, and working at trade union, I think it's the, it's such a luxury to work with something that is so interesting, so political, and so important. I think this, this is something I probably share with a lot of care workers, this kind of a, that you want to have a job that's important. You want to change the world at some point but also that my kind of means to that to achieve that change is through research i think i'm just very very happy to have my job and to work with these care questions indeed you mentioned the importance of care work uh, particularly since the the emergence of uh, covid-19 crisis much attention has been placed on the importance of care so what do you do we actually mean when we talk about care work and what does the care economy actually refer to it's a very broad uh, definition to kind of work that has to do with looking after people, uh, the physical, the psychological, the emotional, the developmental needs of people in different stages of life. To be more concrete, care work is where, for example, elderly care or child care, uh, early education, taking care of disabled people. 
and care economy. These are like very academical words for people that everyone is familiar with. But care work is the sector. Care, work, uh, care, care economy is the economical, it's the sector of these kind of uh, transactions and institutions that provide care to people. And then different countries have organized care in a different way. They have a different scope or a different how big the care sector is and who is entitled, who pays for care, how much they pay for care. That differs from country to country. And the Nordic countries, I live in Sweden, but I come from Finland. The Nordic countries have traditionally had a kind of a very big care sector and a universal right to care. But that differs from country to country. So you mentioned that uh, the concept of uh, care is a very broad concept. And as such, can we say that care work is only paid work or is it actually much more than that? I would wish that care work would be paid work in a, or more often would be viewed as paid work because I think it is skilled work. It's not low skilled or unskilled work. It's a skilled work and, and it should be uh, paid work. Um, depending on the settings and the system for the distribution of care in a country, they might be have a smaller or a larger part of the care economy that might be unpaid care work or it might be paid care work. But globally, if you read the question of care work globally, it's very often the kind of work women and girls do for free. But then there are like some countries have economic, social policies, institutions that influence women's options by reducing or increasing the burden of this unpaid care work. And some countries, as mentioned, have more extensive systems for care and less unpaid work. Then there's also the question of what is work and what is just care, because I don't have any ultimate answer for that because you take, as a parent, you take care of your own children. You are a family member. You cook a meal to your family members. That this kind of like transactions on your free time in the sphere of your own home should also sometimes be viewed as care and not care work. And they should, but that kind of uh, burden should also be more equally distributed between women and men. I'm sh- sorry, I don't think my answer was very, it, it wasn't perfect, but it's because the, there are no, there are no perfect answers. It's, it's a, It's a question that has a lot to do with the values and the morals and what kind of a culture you come from, what is viewed as paid work, unpaid work, what's viewed as care work and what's viewed as care. Probably it sums it up the way the way that you that you just said it, that there is no single definition to uh, to care work. Yes. That is also what makes it uh, such a rich uh, and complex concept. Uh, and we've also seen that in the in the past weeks and months, much has been said about the way caregivers have been stretched to their limits. And we are looking now at uh, November 4th, which is marking the EU Equal Pay Day. So how would you say that the, the care economy actually interacts with gender inequalities? And in what ways does uh, the report that I mentioned earlier um, on uh, cherishing all equally uh, about inequalities and the care economy support evidence uh, that many care workers are being stretched 
to the limits. Overall, the care economy has a positive impact on economic uh, equality between the sexes. Countries that have this kind of Nordic-style, more expansive systems of care have smaller overall earnings differences between men and women. But also that question is very complex, as the countries that have created care economy, care work in the form of, for example, take child care. Then they have, even though child care is a possibility for women to have a job outside of the home sphere, Childcare is also an employment opportunity for a, really a lot of women who work in childcare. But by creating a kind of a, this kind of care system, it's also very often a very segregated work sector because it's a often female work. It's a lot. Of, there aren't very, very many men who work in care and the pay and the conditions are generally worse than in the work market in general, labor market in general. So it contributes. On the other hand, it makes the women free to work outside of their homes. But on the other hand, it contributes to the segregation of the labor market and these female-dominated uh, work markets, which generally uh, tend to have lower pay and worse working conditions. Sadly, well, you just you just mentioned indeed that uh, that care works is a, a sector that is uh, highly feminized. And that is often cited as one of the reasons why uh, this sector precisely is so undervalued. So could you perhaps elaborate a bit more on uh, why care workers receive such a low status? I don't know if there's a better answer than it is women's work. Women are generally viewed as less valuable. Uh, it's, it's viewed, care is often viewed as unskilled work, work that anyone could do. In Swedish, the right-wing politicians often say, say those people who don't really understand the complexity of care, say that we need more hands in the healthcare or the social care, as if the people working in care, care workers are just a pair of hands not like a whole human being. I think that's a perfect picture of how care work is viewed as low-skilled or un unskilled work. But I'm so critical to this characterization of care work as low-skilled. That's a awful disrespect to the work that highly skilled care professionals do every day. And the poor pay and the conditions that are so less than perfect, are often, there's a connection between that it's female-dominated workforce and, and the respect that it gets and how it's viewed as unskilled work. As women are devalued, I think this is a perfect quote from the report, as women are devalued, women's work is not valued. And I don't think there's any other explanation to why this work is viewed as less valuable than the typical male work. In, in that regard, the, the report also uh, looks at the profile of, uh, of care workers. So we know already that it's mainly women, but would it even be possible to sketch a representative portrait of, let's say, the, the typical care worker? Is that something we can do? As said, uh, care workers are typically women. They are typically very hardworking. They often, even though these conditions 
conditions and the pay are not that good. A lot of people really love their jobs. We, uh, the union where I work at, Communal, we, we usually describe it as our members, the union members of Communal, they love their work, but not their conditions and not the pay. Then it's a very, it's a branch that's very, very, a lot of people who work are care workers, are migrant workers, or have a migrant background. They either move to different European countries to uh, work in care, or they have uh, moved previously to a country and then started working in care work. Yeah, and it's also very, very, as mentioned, it's very few men who work in care work. Uh, I think the highest number is Denmark, where every fourth care worker is a man. But not even in the perfect family stream of Sweden. Uh, I think it's a one in ten who is a man who works in care. So it's very seldom men who work in care. And what about the role of, of migrants, for instance? Uh, do we see certain trends uh, in, in that regard? I think those trends are... More of a general trend of the precariousness of the care work sector, care economy. That um, it's a very precarious work market where you don't probably have a, a steady contract where you can, when you are very prone to ha have different kind of problems, prone to violence even, or uh, and it's a very unstable. Work market. I don't know if it's a more of a migrant-related issues. It's more of a it's the whole care sector problems that is uh, very it's a very different job market than the job market in general. Sadly, perhaps there is something I would like to to come back to because you you said earlier that very often care workers report that they love their work, and in mm -hmm. fact, the report shows that. Uh, It is uh, an extremely gratifying job, but they also say uh, that they do not love their working conditions. So what are the main challenges uh, that caregivers uh, are facing in their day-to-day -day lives? It's the poor pay, as mentioned, the conditions, uh, st status of care is not as high. There are even like... Uh, differences between social care and healthcare, whereas healthcare is viewed as more, more valued. There was like a lot of issues last spring regarding the personal protective equipment. There was a lot of uh, hospitals had a huge, they didn't have enough of PPE available. And sometimes it, it was the hospital workers who were the priority and not the social care. And that's like, just one way of describing how low the status of care work often is, even though they're taking care of people who are exactly as sick and frail. Then there's um, care work is uh, more physically and emotionally taxing uh, than other work. Care workers uh, have generally less autonomy. They are more vulnerable to various Uh, forms of mistreatment as mentioned and as including high levels of uh, violence and also the pre precariousness they have generally less stable uh, employment conditions than the average worker 
there's a lot of part-time work, which makes uh, a person financially very marginalized if you only have a part-time income. Also, that will, for example, in the Swedish system, that will also generate only a part-time pensions. So it's it's something that the lifetime income will be a lot lower if a person works part, uh, part-time. And at the same time, care work is viewed as very fulfilling uh, a lot of care workers really love their jobs and they think that their work derives really a lot of meaning to their work and also this can I think a lot of employers understand this that even though the employees have low uh, conditions and really bad pay they will always go the extra mile they will always prioritize the best of their elderly or the children and I think a lot of employers just use this that they know that they will never compromise with the quality of work even though their conditions are really 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 bad uh, and that's horrible. Well, speaking of uh, going the extra mile, it's undisputable to, to say that during the current context and following uh, the, the lockdown, but also the, the peak of the, of the COVID-19 crisis, the whole situation has exacerbated the so-called care crisis. In what ways would you say that it did so? I think it's been a huge wake-up call for politicians, and I really hope so, that even though this has been a catastrophe, so many people have died so many people have a completely like burnt out of stress who work in care or healthcare se- sectors. I hope that something good comes out of this, that politicians will finally understand how skilled work this is, how important the essential work of caregivers is. And I don't want to say I told you so, but uh, the trade unions and research, we knew this. We, know, we knew that there was no resilience to the care economy that could possibly handle an, an epidemic. We knew how it was understaffed, that it was that their employers didn't only employ people with the uh, education or skill. Uh, it's very underfunded uh, everywhere in Europe. And the use of temporary staff also, which which was really something that's been discussed a lot of in Sweden, that like a, one third of the elderly care workers have a temporary, precarious, very unsafe uh, employment, which makes that in the Swedish system, it's hard because there's a really big culture of always saying yes to uh, to work because you ha- maybe have very like um, precarious economy so it this system this uses temporary stuff may- resulted in uh, that people went to work even though they had symptoms mm-hmm. and this kind of like this was life threatening that we have a work market where this kind of uh, one third of workers are so precarious that they don't have the safety to stay at home, even if you're sick. Perhaps then moving to the policy side of it and to the solution side, what would you say are the main policy implications we can draw from this analysis? And also, as you as you say, that trade unions saw uh, this uh, this huge problem coming. Uh, what what are their strategies uh, in order to uh, to improve the pay and status of care work, uh, but also to improve the the pay gaps? 
like the general policy policy that we need to have to improve this is of course a better financing of the care sector more staff more staff that has an education but generally also like uh, if you only not talk about the uh, care workers it's a better work-life balance, more equal distribution of care, also affordability of care that all women and men should have the money to have childcare, for example, or elderly care. And the care should be in good quality. It's not like uh, it sh- that's, that's very important. And um, trade unions, what do we do? We, of course, we want to take this, <laughs> use this crisis for good to tell people how our members are struggling in the care work sectors. But generally, I think countries with high levels of union coverage have um, better take an un- uh, take a use this as a means to collectively bargain better uh, pay and better con- working conditions for for the members. There's also something w- regarding the status and the low status of care work. Something that we communal uh, has done uh, at one time in 2016, and something that we is our strategy in the ongoing collective bargaining and it's something that's happening right now is that we want to get, give the caregivers the practical nurses and the child care uh, workers who have a uh, vocational training uh, who are under some they are called in Sweden uh, extra pay so that we would in some years be able to close the pay gap between blue collar uh, with female workers who work in care and the blue color male workers who work as car mechanics. Because there's otherwise, if the care worker, female ex, uh, care workers don't get some extra payment, we will never uh, close the pay cap. And it's also so important as the as the uh, people are getting older and uh, like they are very sick when they are very old, that we need to employ thousands of practical nurses. So we have to make this sector more a better uh, employer. So that's sort of something that we as a union has have done to raise the status of uh, care work. Well, I feel like we could keep uh, keep on talking on this issue for, for hours and hours. Uh, but I'm sure that your contribution uh, just now uh, is surely giving our listeners the urge to uh, to learn more about the issue and also to look at the report uh, in more details, which is available uh, on uh, on our website. So on this final note, uh, I would like to thank you very much for contributing to the discussion around why it is high time uh, for Europe to care about care. And so let's hope that finally uh, we are going uh, to help change the mindsets and we will be able to, to materialize uh, the, the calls made by certain uh, feminist uh, thinkers uh, like Simone de Beauvoir calling for proper care revolution. Thank you. Thank you to our audience as well for following this podcast. If you liked it, do not hesitate to share it under the hashtag care for care uh, And of course, feel free to have a, a sneak peek at our pod that will be available as a Thursday on our website. So have a look at it. Thank you for your attention. If you found our conversation interesting, do not hesitate to share it on social media with the hashtag Talks. More is yet to come. Stay tuned. <laughs>